everybody welcome to the 313th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage kicking it live and direct in beaverton oregon very excited about this uh this podcast and apparently we have a lot to talk about so i'm kind of excited to uh you know express the opinions on this podcast I mean, it is Thanksgiving week, so we are about to feast on this week that was. And unfortunately, Sage, you know, we both thought it would be a 3-0 and week for the Blazers, and they played some subpar basketball, to be honest. I think they were lucky to escape uh, with one win, which they got Tuesday against the San Antonio Spurs, needed a late rally to defeat San Antonio 117-110. to uh, The Spurs were on the second night of a back-to-back uh they lost on a last second tip in to the brooklyn nets 107 to 109 and then they let the utah jazz another team on the second night of a back-to-back come in and dictate uh the tone tempo and overall uh physicality uh, of the game losing 113 to 118 the the rough uh homestand Remove the Blazers from the top of the Western Conference standings. They are now tied with Phoenix and Denver for uh, the second spot in the West at 10 and 6. And Sage, they're just 4 and 4 in home. They're 6 and 2 on the road. They are going out on the road for another four game Eastern trip. And they will be doing so without Damian Lillard, who re aggravated that, that calf injury. Lillard states it's not as severe. But anyone who is anyone will tell you when your coach is playing you 38 to 40 minutes coming off of an injury that quick, it's bound and determined to happen. So uh, let's start right there, Sage. The Blazers are going to be down Damian Lillard once again. Uh, How are you feeling? Do you think they'll react like they did earlier in the season when they were able to knock off Houston? Um, They did lose to Memphis, but they didn't seem to they didn't seem to kind of just like throw it all away. Like they, they still were able to beat the Suns um, in Phoenix back on November 4th. So they're two and two without Dame on the year. Um, I have my thoughts on what this means for the Blazers. I, I'd love to know how you're feeling about this upcoming week or two, uh, depending on how Portland is going to look without their superstar point guard. I think of course matchup matters. And I know, we're playing some uh, at least one juggernaut in the east right now but here's the here's the thing we kind of know how this goes when one of the main ball handlers out the other one steps up Jeremy Grant steps up Yusuf Nurkic if he actually plays steps up and that kind of takes on the usage when Dame was out in the game i knew we were going to uh have trouble because well, oh yeah, well, they did have a huge run, but I knew that eventually it was going to be trouble because you're not expecting that rotation. Like when Dame's out, he plays a specific rotation every game, so it was a huge change in it. Like Justice Winslow had to play more. Uh, all of these other players had to change their role mid-game. When they have the day of like, okay, I have to reevaluate how I play because my role is different because Damian Lillard. Uh, 
MVP candidate is out, I have to do this. I mean, like, I, I expect Jeremy Grant to be a humongous part, uh, part of the offense. I expect Ant to uh, be a humongous part of the offense. If Yusuf plays, he's going to be a huge part of the offense. I know that people think that Damian Lillard and, and Yusuf Nurkic are a good combo in terms of use of getting his usage in, but he is much better without Dame on the court because they need that other playmaker. Because love him or hate him, he actually tries to make a play when a lot of other people are just trying to do basic reads. So I think that J- Jeremy Grant's going to have a have a really uh, extended role and play a lot of minutes. Yeah, I think this is the the biggest uh, issue that that I have with the Blazers right now, and it's something that if you've listened to this episode or the the past episodes. Um, it, it's nothing new. I don't think the Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons combo together works. Like it's not Steph and Clay. That that's PB and J. That's spaghetti and meatballs. You can have that every day for the rest of your life and be pretty happy. Dame and Ant sometimes feels like pickles and peanut butter. Will it work once in a while? Yeah, but I don't think that's gonna. You're not gonna want to eat that every day. And I think Dame has to be healthy for it to even I, start to look all right. Because yeah, I'm I'm just. If if you're looking at the last game that they played, Dame was awful because he was hurt. I mean, Him they've, driving they've and creating, awful. what's up? They've they they've both been awful. That's 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 where I'm going with this. Is I don't think they've been very well. They're, they're not a match made in heaven. And when you said when when Dame went down, you were talking about the rotations. I was watching the game, also watching the the Ducks Utah game, and I was like, Dame's out. They're going to go on a run. Anthony's going to finally take over. He's going to know what his role is. He is going to be the primary initiator. He plays better when Dame's off the floor. Dame plays better when Ant is off the floor. The two of them together are just, they haven't figured it out. And I don't know if they will just because they're such a similar player in that they both need the ball in their hands. And if they're not shooting well, Dame can get to the line, but Ant in particular doesn't as much. You're just not getting uh, those other statistics. And then once one of them goes to the bench, then you start to see, oh, there's Josh Hart. He's more aggressive. He's getting to the lane. He's now more active on the glass. Shaden can shoot off of the bounce. You just get a little bit bigger. And I, you know, we'll get into Yusuf Nurkic. And I've saw a lot of chatter that put a lot of the blame on him for this week of basketball. And I just, I think that's completely inaccurate. I'm far from the biggest Yusuf Nurkic fan, but seeing the people pile on him has almost got me over into the fandom side where I, yeah. like I need to defend him because I think it's ridiculous um, at the shots he, he's taking um, from fans right now because the problem in Portland at the moment is the Blazer backcourt. And I know it's sacrilege to criticize arguably the greatest trailblazer of all time, but that's what we're here to do. We call it like we see it. It doesn't mean we don't enjoy Dame any less and don't think Ant isn't a good player. It's just when they're playing at this level, it has to be discussed out loud because it is absolutely destroying the Blazers. And they are the reason why the Blazers went one and two on this homestand. If you look at Dame and Ant, they took 44% of the entire team's field goal attempts on this three-game homestand. 
they made just 35% of them. So that is a high volume and an incredibly low efficiency. And I told you this over text, had Dame got not gotten injured in that third quarter against Utah, they're probably taking closer to 50% of the total shots. In particular, over those last three games, just to break it down, Dame went 18 of 58 from the field, 31%. An ice cold six of 33 from three, 18%. Ant was pretty hot from three. He shot 41%, but overall 22 of 55 for 40%. So you've got your two guards just completely taking everyone else out of the game, looking for theirs. And you're not getting that production from Jeremy. You're not getting that production from Yusuf. You're not getting that production from Josh because there's only so many possessions in a basketball Mm -hmm. game. The Blazers we discussed last week play at one of the slower paces. So that really... I think magnifies the situation even more because possessions are they're, they're they're finite. You only have so many of them. And Sage, when you look at that Brooklyn game, what happened? Jock Vaughn said, we're going to put Ben Simmons on Damian Lillard and we're going to take him out of the game. Chauncey Billups did not do a damn thing about that. They continue to run isolations. They had a hot shade and sharp who they just let sit on the bench. They, they didn't do anything differently and the offense stagnated. And when you only give up, when you give up less than 110 points to a Kevin Durant team, you should win the game. Mm-hmm. The defense was fine. And you also go back to that final play. Why after a timeout, why are you sending Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard back on the court? They're neither of them is known for their defense. Neither of them is known for the rebounding. And what happened? Royce O'Neal went over the top of Anthony Simons for the game-winning tip. That could have been Drew Eubanks, Yusuf Nurkic, Shaden Sharp, Justice. I mean, it it could have been any number of players. And this is what we discussed. Is Chauncey Billups going to hold these players accountable? He keeps talking about it, but my his actions say he's not going to. That that's that's he this was one of the worst weeks of coaching I've seen from him. And it felt like he really regressed in his coaching because he's like, Dame Ant, just go do your thing. And you had a red hot Jeremy Grant coming into this homestand and they did not make an attempt to get him going at all on offense. Um, We've seen this time and time again with Shaden Sharp. He'll have a really hot first quarter or first half. Chauncey just puts him on the bench or if he comes in, it's for a very short stand and they're not running any sets for him. And he is literally the most efficient shooter on the roster. Uh, You have mismatches down low with Yusuf on Kelly Olenek or Yusuf on Nick Claxton. He's shooting 50 plus percent. I know he's not perfect. And I know it looks like he may uh, not finish around the rim every time, but the numbers say otherwise. He is finishing in terms of Blazer players. He's effective and efficient and they just don't go to him. You just get Damon Ant, hero ball, ISO blinders on, and we saw it against San Antonio. They got away with it. We saw it against Brooklyn. You didn't get away with it. And then you saw it against Utah where they were down 18 points until one of the two players was removed from the game for for an injury. It wasn't until that point that they decided, oh, we're also on this team. Ant can actually start to have mm-hmm. some freedom. He he may not be a pure point guard. But then but they put Justice Winslow on him, so his freedom was taken away. Yep, yep. yep. I, I, that's a whole other, you know. Can I, so oh, go ahead, go ahead. I have you seen Atlanta play? A little, yes. You know, you, you, biggest A.J. Griffin stand in the world here. I watch a lot of Atlanta 
I and, saw the game um, just a few days ago against Brooklyn. So or, uh, Boston, Boston. So do you see that age, like uh, not age, Trey and Dejounte play like the first four minutes together, and then they separate for that's every what the announcer specifically called that out. They said they really staggered their time on the court together. So do you think that it would be the most beneficial? for the team to just completely say, hey, you're playing the first four minutes of the, f- the first quarter, so you both get your start, and then we're stagnating you throughout the rest of the game. So when you're in, you are the guy. Because let's, yes. let's be really real about our team. We have a lot of wings. So if first rotation, it's Dame, Shaden, Nasir, Jeremy, Yusuf, like, boom. And then second rotation, it's Josh and uh ant and gary payton and whoever and whoever i think that that might be the best utilization of our guards if they're not gonna work it, uh together might as well just separate it entirely and only play you know the first five minutes and then the final five minutes if that is a positive plus matchup of course, Anthony Simons will never be able to contribute the defensive that DeJounte does. But I think that if you those two are our best Ant, three though, layers. If you surround Ant, though, with a Keon, a GP, a Shaden, a Josh. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. You can hide yeah, him, you can but hide in those last one five minutes. on defense. Yeah, yeah I think the last five two. minutes will be the difficult. But yeah, like, I mean, I... The, I, I think Portland's problem is you're basically a a cruise, a cruise ship, right. And you start or a battleship and you start to see it's taken on water. I think your solution is a, as a short-term solution. I, the long-term solution, I don't know what the answer is, but it's kind of just like, oh, let's put a bandaid on this one and hope another one doesn't start to sp- uh, spout out water. But I think you do need to play them away from each other as, as much as possible. The, the numbers just say that is, is what is most effective for the team. I, I really dived into the data and looked at it is a, Somewhat of a small sample size this year because they played Ants played just 14 games. He he was out for those two in Phoenix. So he's played three without Dame and the 11 with Dame. And the, the biggest um swings that I noticed were the free throw attempts go up when he is the primary ball hitter. They nearly double. He's six free throws per game when he is by himself compared to just three. Mm-hmm. Uh the the three-point attempts go up a bit too. He takes 13. And then with Dame, it drops down to 10. The field goal attempts, honestly, there's not much of a drop-off. Without Dame, he's only taking 19.6. With Dame, he's taking 18. So you would think that number would have skyrocketed. It it didn't. He's going to get those shots regardless. He's a a good enough shooter to to take that amount. The problem, I think, comes when Dame is also taking that amount and they're both off and they don't kind of know when to hit the reset button. But the overall field goal percentage, he's never going to be like a lights out shooter from the field, except from three, right? Like, are we he, talking ant? Ant, yes, yeah. because without Dame, he's shooting 41% from three. With Dame, that's down to 35. And all I heard this offseason was, oh, he's Dame's going to draw and kick and he's going to get all these wide open catch and shoots. He's getting some good looks, but a lot of them are still off of the bounce and he just I, I think it's more of a mental boost for Anthony knowing I'm the guy now I am running the ship 
I, I just don't know if it's if it's going to work. And I'm not saying you trade Anthony because I think you still have to keep the future in mind too when Dame inevitably starts slowing down. Like you don't want to be, I don't know if this is the year to put all your chips in in the basket or go all go all in because I don't know if Portland's that close. So I wouldn't just say, oh yeah, let's trade Ant for some, you know, front court help. You, you got to be very careful that you're not making a Jermaine O'Neal trade uh, again. So Portland's in a bit of a, a predicament. I, I think their early season success, you know, we, we've seen that before with the 2016 Blazers predicted to win what 23 games go to the second round of the playoffs. And then they sign everybody, they bring everybody back. And it was like, oh, that was a bit of, that was a nice story, but they're really, they played over their heads that year. You don't want to speed up a, a rebuild or a reboot, whatever you want to call it. Portland did hit the reset button. I think you have to kind of just let it play out. So long story short, I think your solution of staggering the minutes has to be what Portland looks at, especially when they start to bring Gary Payton, the second back into the fold, you get another defender out there. Uh, I, I just, I, I think there is a little bit of Damon CJ with that duo. There's a hot potato, like, Oh no, you shoot. No, I'm going to shoot. And then you've got Jeremy, like, Guys, I, I I probably could be an all-star this year. Get get me the fucking ball. Like, right? So and well, and Terry Stotts did the thing where they only played together. They like, only it played was together. like yeah. it, like 80% of their time was together. You know, I was looking and you know who actually does better? Like I, I, I looked at the time that Ant and Dame were together. Do you know who actually does better when those two are on the floor together? Ant's significantly more efficient. Damien's the one who his inefficiencies are are highlighted when they're on the court together. So that's just like, you know, what are what are our goals right now? It's to make Dame's life easier so he can play longer and be like, you know, actually be able to help Shade and Sharp. So I I, I think that the 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 they need to not play together as much as they are, but it's kind of interesting. Like I thought that Dame would be so much better, but when, when they're both on the court, Ant's really super sharp, efficient, but Dame isn't. And then obviously the, the, the defensive liabilities with those two are always going to be very highlighted with this team. But I, I, I think that we need to do what our old buddy uh nate mcmillan is doing in atlanta it's working and the fact that we have so many wings it's like if we separated them josh hart probably like it's not a luxury anymore it's like a a, an actual need that we need to have a lot of rotation of wing players because we have to make sure that all of those guys are energetic enough to actually play big minutes so it would even increase our rotation which is kind of a good thing since we have a lot of players to just be like, guys, I know it doesn't work. We're going to make sure you're highlighted in this offense. And then, you know, Jeremy Grant can shine. Yusuf Nurkis can shine. So, yeah, I mean, Anthony, he gets seven assists in games played without Damian Lillard. That number drops down to three as the quote unquote shooting guard. And you just even look at the, the Utah stat line. We always talk about Anthony needing to do more than just score the basketball. Well, he had, I thought one of his finer games uh, outside of scoring the basketball. Yeah, the peripherals. Like, eight, yeah. eight rebounds, seven assists, 
four steals and a block in 36 minutes of action. And he just looked more uh, calm, more in, in control. Like I'm, I'm the lead dog here. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He needs mm. to be the primary ball handler on a team. Like that's how he operates. And yes, he's he's a great catch and shoot shooter. And we saw him catch fire against Denver when they were both on the court. But Sage, how many times did we talk in the past? Like, oh my God, Damon CJ actually played well together. Like it happened so infrequently that I can remember talk the about situations yeah. that we discussed it. And and I unfortunately I think that's going to be the case. So um, you know, as we move on to to the next topic, I think you're right. Staggering is is the only way to go. I think the Blazer coaching staff in front office really has a decision to make because the fans can see this. Portland has one of the smarter fan bases and engaged fan bases across the league. You can see when something's working. You can see when something's not working. You can see that the Blazers have a budding two way tall lengthy wing in Shaden Sharp who who needs minutes Sage he needs time and you know speaking of Shaden I would insert him into the starting lineup I, I think it's time to unleash him a bit I think he's proven that he's he's worthy of of the minutes like it's not just a development thing anymore he's actually helping you win games like you look at him across the rookie spectrum he's fifth in scoring at nearly 10 points per game he's third in field goal percentage uh the only guard on that list uh, fifty three percent, and he's leading all. He's a rookies. top five rookie, bro. Yeah, he's leading like, all rookies from three. He's shooting forty seven percent from three. Like the two games specifically against San Antonio and Brooklyn were just magnificent. Like yes, like we've all come up, become accustomed to the jaw dropping Shaden moment. You know, you get that lob where he's reaching the top of the box against the Spurs. But there were a couple of plays that really made me just be like, God damn, like we have a special player. You have Nasir Little coming out of nowhere, getting that weak side block against the Spurs. Shaden gets the ball and he's like, all right, I'm in control. I'm taking up the court. And I knew he was going to pull up in control. Mitty does that nothing but net. And then he also against Brooklyn, he was just coming off of curls, throwing a hard jab and jumping back and just effortless like this is nba three-point range like usually you see players in college they struggle to to uh, get acclimated to the league uh distance because it is so much more further back he's mm-hmm. with he's effortless for, from downtown like the stroke looks looks pure uh you can just tell he just needs to kind of get the go ahead from the coaches as, Hey, it's time for you to take over because I get the sense that he's just like, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Like I know I'm on a veteran team. But I think if they if he would have played more against Brooklyn, they win that game. They, they just had so many empty possessions where they were chucking horrible shots. Shaden was so effective and so efficient. It's like it just it's frustrating to see such elementary errors from the coaching staff because you had somebody who was cooking and you just basically put it on the back burner, like and turn that stove off. So. I don't think they have the guts to bench Ant. I'm not even saying bench Ant. Like, why is at at that point like and, why no, are no, Justice Josh, and Josh Hart playing? Like, I I get the politics of Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. Like, yeah. don't got to tell me, don't got to tell you. But everyone else is watching this. This 19 year old rookie looks so smooth out there, 
And you're, you're telling me he's not good enough to finish a game when he put up basically 15 points in the first half. And then he scored five minutes, like the first two touches he got in the fourth quarter and they just went away from, and now just, it was maddening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I, I get the ant, but he needs to be on the court regardless of the other four. I, I get it. And honestly, if the, if Chauncey Bill said this isn't working, I think Josh would be cool with being the sixth man on the bench and knowing that he has, he has a role. If we separate Damon Ant, it creates a big role for our wing players. Like they have, they have to play. So like if, if they just adjust the rotations where Josh gets in like five minutes, like it doesn't matter who starts the game. I know some players like Norman Powell, for instance, would prefer it. It doesn't really matter. If he gets his 30 plus minutes and is what it is a big part of it, I don't think he'd mind, especially if we started winning. And I think, like, I I don't know if Chauncey Phillips is going to do the Nate McMillan and separate his guys. But if he does, I think it creates a, a very sustainable way of using all of these wings. Cause I feel like Nasir Little gets etched out of rotation minutes when we're all healthy. And the fact is he might be our third or fourth best shooter right now. He's a solid side shot blocker too. Like, I feel like he brings good energy. Like he's a player who I just, I feel like we need to see, see more of like energy. Well, and he's healthy. It's infectious. He's healthy. Like there's, so there is an argument to me. And then there's Keon who I guess has been injured. But there's Gary Payton the second. Like this problem of young guys not getting run is only going to get worse. Worse. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think the only way is for 48 minutes of Dame and Ant on the court separated for a large majority of it. And obviously DeJounte and, and Trey play together, but they're the most empowered when they're separate. Trey Young is just gonna overshadow DeJounte Murray if they're playing together. And it kind of is just like what we're dealing with. And like the Hawks have the similar issues. Like they have a lot of wing guys, like bogey's only going to come back and screw up that rotation more. But since they already separate their two superstars so much, bogey has a role and it's not going to affect a young guy like AJ Griffin. It's going to affect Jalen Johnson, which is fine in everybody's mind. But uh, yeah, I, I think that we need to look at what's working for a team that's similar to us. And Atlanta is pretty damn similar to us, except we don't have a we don't have an Anyeka Kongwu as the backup center. But apparently, we do, according to Twitter. Uh, before we move on um, to the to the center uh, discussion, uh, I mentioned a few things that I was pretty disappointed in in the coaching staff. Uh, this week, I, th- I I I thought it. I thought we got coached around in circles. Uh, Will Hardy. Ooh, John can Vaughn. we talk about the 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 Spurs busting that zone very easily and us continually doing it? The zone going to going to the well one too often, and I also think that the bigger issue at hand is the switching everything. Oh God, it's awful on defense. Um, we talked about it when we played Miami in Miami, how we noticed that Butler was, they were hunting Anthony Simons. They were switching it. 
and they were just dumping it into Jimmy on Ant and clearly getting easy buckets. When the game was, Portland actually got that lead against Utah, but then Utah hunted out Drew Eubanks, yep. Jordan Clarkson, and just created so much space that he was just shooting really eight to 10 jump shots, eight to 10 foot jumpers wide open. Or um, layups. And it, I think when teams know you're going to switch, it doesn't matter if everyone can has a decent amount of switchability. Like if you have one player on the court that could be a mismatch for a, just any one player on the opposition, they mathematically can just go and say, oh, bring that guy up here in a pick and roll. And if Portland switches, which they know you're going to do, you can get any matchup that you want. So I think there is a massive problem with that philosophy. And I think there's a time and place to switch. Uh, but Portland has to start uh, coming up with counters when their uh, initial defensive looks start to get um, burnt. Yeah. Like I remember like we, uh, Devin Booker was matched up on Yusuf Nurkic with like 35 seconds left and he burnt them. It happened. It, it happens. Oh, was so that when Booker just drove right to the lane for the dunk? Yeah. 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 But it was it, like it's not Yusuf's fault. You're you're giving, I would say, the most complete shooting guard a running start at you, and you're not Yusuf or Drew Eubanks is not stopping them. So yeah, it, it's 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 extremely highlighted in those clutch minutes, and when we make the playoffs. Every minute is basically a clutch minute. These these games are way more important. I so guarantee you what Brooklyn did on defense is exactly what every playoff team is going to do to the Blazers. They're going to put length on Lillard, and they're going to say, if you want Dame to, to take hero shots, they may go in for a game, but that that's not an effective strategy. So how are you going to counter? Like This season is a... I think a six month long chess match for the coaching staff. Like they need to see, okay, this didn't work. How do we get better? Because you're, you're right, Sage, the Blazers just got cooked this week. Honestly, it should have been an 0 and 3 week. The Spurs were playing. I was at that game. Spurs were playing excellent. They just happened to go in. That cannot be what we rely on. Cause like you have Jeremy Sochan. Who I think they I think the Spurs started go length on Lillard, but they also have Devin Vassell that can guard Ant. So like they did the right strategy. Ant just had made some really high level contested shots, and Jeremy Grant hit some high level contested shots. I mean, you can't rely on that. So like Jacques Vaughn saw what worked with Popovich, and and then. I mean- Let's be real. Even if Portland went three and zero, they weren't playing inspiring basketball. Like the Spurs are not a good team. The Brooklyn Nets are not a good team. The Jazz are playing well, but they were also on the second night of a back to back, and they're regressing. They are regressing quite a bit. Like that's a roster. Mike Conley went out. Like you should have blood in the water. How do you get down eighteen points to the Jazz at home? Uh, the Blazers have just been so mediocre at home. Uh, honestly, a little uninspiring. I feel, even though the competition feels stiffer on the road, I feel more comfortable watching them on the road than I do at home for whatever reason. They are just not bringing it uh, in the Rose City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my DFS acquaintances before the season start put a sizable bet on the Jazz making the play-in. Dude, I... I 
I truly don't think there is a way unless they tank that they don't make the plan. That well, is a very twenty percent through the season. That's yeah, that's, that's a very ballsy bet that I would be very happy if it was me. But I, I it 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 just shows that we have deficiencies and our stars kind of just made those deficiencies not really known during the uh the first you know percent of the ga- of the season and now that you know people know Shaden Sharp is a baller they know Jeremy Grant on this team is a all-star caliber caliber player they they know that we have a propensity to go away from Yusuf in the fourth quarter so they can go small without really getting burned by him i mean it's obvious in that Brooklyn game that Nick Claxton and Yusuf, like the, the, if you want to get rid of Yusuf Nurkic on the floor, you just take Nick Claxton out, put Ben Simmons at the center, and block, like, you know, Royce O'Neal is the de facto center on the team, and Yusuf can't come in. So it, it's just that we're getting out coached by teams, and those those star players are getting defended better, and you know, all shots are getting defended better now that we're on the. Uh, we're on the scouting report. Like, you know, I, I think we, we we got lucky with like, you know, Jeremy Grant's been great in, in Detroit, but he hasn't been playing winning basketball. The Shaden Sharp kid hasn't played for two years in a competitive game. We don't really know what he is. And now everybody's on that scouting report and it's much harder to get biz. So everyone seems to be wanting to blame. Every everyone loves the scapegoat. Oh yeah, it's so it's it every fan sad. base picks one at the beginning of the season, and group think one hundred and one kicks in. And unfortunately for this year, I think it is Yusuf Nurkic. Again, I, I don't think he is without blame. Uh, I I don't think he has been as dominant as he was in the bubble. Uh, however, he's clearly not a hundred percent. He's missed quite a few uh, games. Yep. Uh, and he wasn't good against San Antonio. He, you're not going. Oh, he, I think he was injured, man. I like. Yeah, he, he had to because Jakob Purtle just absolutely sent him to school, yeah. and it was clear that Eubanks needed to come in, and Eubanks did what he had to do, and he got us, you know, off to a really solid, you know, really stalled start to that 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 second half run in the fourth quarter. Like, was kind of the catalyst for for that comeback, but. Miss me with that. Nurk was the reason we lost to Brooklyn and and Utah. Uh, he shoots five of nine against against Brooklyn, eight of ten against the Jazz. Uh, eight boards, seven boards. You know, seven average, seven and a half boards. He's playing probably on average twenty six minutes, so just over mm-hmm. half of the game. Like mm-hmm. I get it. He had five turnovers against the Jazz. Other players in the Blazers also are turnover prone. I would say that they put Yusuf in some really shitty scenarios in that jazz game, like where he, the, it was a bad initial pass and Yusuf had to jump to catch it and then it caused a turnover. I think that Drew Eubanks provides something that's great because he's like he's a like the backup quarterback, Sage. Everyone yeah. loves the backup quarterback. Like you he's the Andy Dalton of 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 the squad. He he tries hard. He hustles. He I mean, he was fa- he was fabulous in that in that Utah game. He really was. Like he he has played really solid basketball this year. But Drew Eubanks is not a starting caliber center. He is a good role player, backup big. 
he's not, he doesn't provide everything else that, that Yusuf can provide. You're not going to run plays for him. You're not going to let him uh, make passes from the high post. Like, yeah, he's, we needed a decision maker in those last six minutes. And our, uh, who's the best decision maker on that team since Dane was out? Honestly, it's Yusuf Nurkic. Like, I know that Drew Eubanks was awesome in that game, but in those last six minutes when there was half-court basketball, Josh Hart saved us. Well, yeah. Nurkic well, side be note, a- Josh Hart has that dog in him. Like, that 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 guy has a motor. Uh, really, really fun watching him play, especially in the in that comeback. I, I think he is a player. I know his name gets tossed around in, in trade, trade talks, but unless you're getting a real difference maker back, like you don't trade Josh Hart for a lateral move. Like you have to have dogs on and he's he is Wesley Matthews of this generation. Like he he really is that for this team. Uh, but that was a quick sidebar back to, to Yusuf. I, I I just think when you have such a distinct advantage, right? Nick Claxton's not gonna beat you from, from downtown. If Kelly Olinick wants to step out and shoot, fine. I'd rather have Kelly Olinick shoot than he was on Bando. Then Lowry marketing. Yeah, like I you Yusuf had just a dominant mismatch. That should have been force fed. We should have got them into the penalty, foul trouble, let him make some decisions. Like the, the offense doesn't always have to start and stop with Lillard and Simons. The, the advantage against Utah was clearly down low. You put $17 million into Yusuf Nurkic for four seasons. Fucking utilize it. Don't just say. Oh, we had to sign him because we couldn't just let him go for nothing, but then we're just going to continue to utilize him how we always have. That's not how it works. Portland went on their run last season when Yusuf had more usage. He had more of a role. And I get it. It's scary for Blazer fans because Nurkic is inconsistent. And he has been, I think it comes from a couple of reasons. One, he's the second longest tenured Blazer. It feels like he's been around this, this roster for decades. Two, he's always been known to not finish around the rim. So when he doesn't do it once or twice, it gets magnified and amplified. Everyone's like, oh my God, he missed another layup. He missed another dunk. It happens just like when Chuck Knobloch couldn't field ground balls in in New York, right? He he does it once. Oh, he, but you, you forget all of the other great plays that he makes. Like, yeah, he missed some free throws, but he also had the game tying and won. And he made that free throw against Brooklyn. Like he's the reason you got back into that 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 game. Like no player's perfect. Dame's missed free throws before. Like let him get healthy. But if if you're going to have a player like Nurk, he has to be involved. He can't just be a wallflower out there. Now there are some players that can be wallflowers and still be effective. He is not one of them. He needs yeah. the ball. And I think you can. I think it's okay for the Blazers to reduce volume from Dame and Amphrey. Now, there are going to be some games where they're on absolute burners, like like Denver and Simons, and you're going to want to continue to feed him. But for the most part, this team is dangerous. The ceiling is very high for this team when they spread the ball around and they they, they attack mismatches. They let Josh Hart drive. They feed Nurk. They run sets for Jeremy. They run sets for Shaden. They get ant good quality looks, not just forced looks. And, and Dame... I think would benefit from almost taking the Cavaliers LeBron approach where, you know, he's the best player on the floor. You know, he can get 40 any night he wants, but 
get everybody else involved. You can take those shots down the stretch. It doesn't, I mean, Dame's like the greatest pinch hitter of all time. He doesn't need a lot to get warmed up. And then he's, you know, he's going to go send one into, into the bleachers. I'm not trying to sound super harsh on Dame. I I love him, but this is one of the more talented rosters that he's had. It's no longer just Dame and everyone stands around and watches him get biz. It's okay. You have some talent. You've asked for talent. You now have that talent. You don't need to be taking contested 30 foot jumpers off of the dribble time and time again. Trust your teammates. You're a smart, intelligent basketball player. Get find the mismatch, get it open. And we're talking about a three and a week. And, and the same can go for, for Amphorn. He, he doesn't need, like the moment I saw him in Brooklyn, he had a crazy dribble combination and threw up some hook shot and everyone went wild. And I was like, that's good. We got two points, but that's not it's sustainable basketball. Like- he pounded the ball into oblivion on that next possession and nothing was the same. Everything, the momentum changed and we we never got the lead back we were up 10 or 11 points and i was like that's this isn't the and one tour where everyone's just watching a one-on-one matchup like the blazers they have stretches where they play fantastic team basketball they started that utah game just humming that ball around and then just boom went away they they have to trust each other and and i know it's going to come with time I know chemistry is an issue. It's a very new team. They've only played 16 games together. There's been a lot of people in, a lot of people out, but their problems to me feel a little elementary and it's frustrating seeing the solutions are are right there. They just have to be willing to kind of take a leap with one another and say, I trust that when I drive and kick it out, Josh, you're going to hit that three. Shaden, you're going to hit this shot off the curl. Like they, they just have to trust each other a little bit more and not try and all be Superman at the same time. I think you're using the Utah game as Dame taking a shitload of threes all the time. He did it against Brooklyn, too. I wasn't paying that close of attention on Brooklyn, but I think that he was injured those two games, to be completely honest. He drives, like, top 10 in the league. In the If he's not utilizing that part of his game, he this is not a healthy Damian Lillard. Um, but I, I think as... In games get more important and it, it inevitably gets slower. Having a guy like Yusuf is going to be really important. So I have a feeling that he's going to have two transcendent games in the playoffs where all of these people delete those tweets about him sucking, where he's just absolutely dominant. Drew Eubanks is great, but Yusuf Nurkic is going to be the reason why we win games when it's important. Like, we didn't even beat the Jazz when uh, Drew Eubanks was transcendently good for Drew, Drew Eubanks. In the playoffs, and I, I think that everybody's expecting that we make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. After this <laughs> start, expectations are high. I mean, whether the, the front office wants to admit it or not, the fan base is. How valuable, like, every every year we talk about having a playmaking hub that's a center. Every year, people clamor for Grant Williams, clamor for all those bigs that have passing skills. Yusuf Nurkic has all of those skills. So shit on him all you want right now. When games really matter, if he's only playing 26 fucking minutes, I'm going to go insane on John C. Billups. Because it's, it's, it, it's getting to the point where it's disrespectful 
where Yusuf makes one mistake and is taking out for Drew Eubanks. Like the he got taken out for his fifth turnover in Utah uh, against Utah, and it was like a dog shit ass pass where Yusuf had to jump up and then drops the ball. It happens, and then he gets taken out for the entire rest of the game. You're you're treating him like a fucking rookie, and he's the second longest tenured player on the team. I I get that sometimes he doesn't he gets played off the floor because he's big, but if he's getting played off the floor because he's big, we probably shouldn't go big in that situation. We probably should put another athlete on the court like Nasir or Shaden, not put Drew Eubanks in a place where he's he's getting attacked in every possession where they're either putting him in that pick and roll or they're making him switch on the perimeter and they're attacking the space that he just exited. So <clears throat> I think the coaching staff is being very disrespectful to Nurk. And I think I, I, I'm not particularly a fan of all of the shit that people are saying about Nurk, like <clears throat> using statistics that people don't understand as a reason why Drew Eubanks is better than Yusuf Nurkic. Come on, bro. It's 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 outrageous. Like the the hate for him, like the top fifteen center, uh, and that's being very generous. He's a top ten center, and y'all just want some effort guy. <laughs> like yo, you Eubanks is a worse than Davis, dog. Like I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, back to your point about about Dame. I I do think he he was hurt. I think the numbers would would suggest that as well. Um, but, but two points, if he is hurt, then I think he needs to realize that he's not at his peak performance and he doesn't need to attempt the the same amount of shots that, that he does maybe act as, as a decoy, um, so, so to speak, but also if he is hurt, he, ha- he's been hurt all of November oh, because the, the November numbers are, are horrific. Um, he came back the, the the seventh against the Heat, so he's played in in six games, down to 22 points per game in 35 minutes, shooting 35 percent from the field on 17 attempts. Even worse, he's shooting 28 percent from three on 10 attempts. Um, he is getting the assists up there at, at nine assists per game, but those those shooting numbers are 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 telling. Um, you, you take a 17 free throw performance out against Dallas and, and the attempts at the yeah. line really declined these past three games, uh, a total uh, of 20 free throw attempts over a three game span. So that's less than seven per game. He's usually a, a nine to 10 uh, free throw attempt per, per, per night player. So, I mean, he's he two a game in the, in the last six. He's driving a lot. But he wasn't getting the foul call. Yeah. So he was four or five against the Spurs, six of six against the, the Nets, and eight of nine against the, the Jazz. That yeah, that's my thing with Dame. Like you have to, you have to understand you have a team around you now. Like this is what you've been wanting. If if you can't take a take a game off, Dame. If, if you can't go, like you do you think it's the mentality of a fucking elite athlete where I'm not letting my team down type of it probably is, and I know he doesn't want to miss games, but I also know he he knows he he I know he's smarter than that, and he knows he's smarter than that too. Like that's why he he took him so long to get that surgery. Like he was playing through some serious abdominal core pain, but he's like, no, like that that's where like I love Dame's old school mentality with the loyalty and you know not running from the grind. 
but those same beliefs are kicking his ass it's, right it's now. what's stabbing him in the abdomen or it the, is a double-edged sword and th- this is why i'm a little bit optimistic right now that he is actually going to have to resit and realize dude in like less than two weeks i, I fucked up my calf again like and, and i, I mean the, the large ass minutes when he's <clears throat> recovering from an injury the coaching staff has to be held accountable as well there's no excuse for him to be averaging 35 minutes in november post recovery and prior to that utah game this homestand 40 minutes against the san antonio spurs and 38 minutes against the brooklyn nets that just take not, the fucking loss that should not happen you have talented young players let them play trust them let- it's the only way they're going to get better I, I just think that Chauncey Billups just doesn't trust anybody that hasn't been in the league for five plus years. I mean, so he's not alone. That's a typical coach thing. It just has always bugged me. And the coaches that get it, that they develop their Miami Heat, Eric Spolster is a gem at this. Mm-hmm. Do you think Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omar yeah. Yurt Seven, that they're thriving playing anywhere else? No, it's because Eric Spolstra believes in their scouting. He believes in their culture and believes in their regimen that when they're in the game, they've been prepared properly to go out there and succeed. It's just like when you go to work or when I go to work, when you have a someone in upper management that says, Dustin, you're, you got this. You've been trained. You know what to do. Go do it. I don't need to watch over your shoulder. <clears throat> like that makes me a better employee because I'm like, yeah, I got, I got their support. Don't, don't harness these players. Let them go out there. Wasn't Nate McMillan a uh, a stickler for not playing rookies? Yeah, and I think Terry Stotts was too. It, they're, they're but not look playing. what he's doing with AJ Griffin now. Like, if Nate McMillan can learn that rookies provide value, can't Chauncey Billups do the same thing? Like, and AJ Griffin's taking everybody's that, role. I would argue that Shaden Sharp's been Portland's third best player this year. But he's not getting treated like he's their third. That's what I'm saying. Like he, yeah. he's he's deserving of of the minutes. So um, I, I think it's it's a big week for the Portland Trailblazers. This is the first time that this team has hit some adversity, right? They, they come out of the gate, they surprise a bunch of opponents. Like they're kind of coming. They're almost like the Memphis Grizzlies last year. People are like, what? They're actually 56 wins. Like they they won in Phoenix without Dame and Ant. They they beat the Pelicans on the back to back. Like without Dame, like. What's what's going on in Portland, right? They've taken two of three from the Suns, beat the Nuggets. Anthony goes on this heater, and now you lose two of three at home, and you're going on the road, and you don't have Dame, and now teams know who you are. There's tape. So on that you. more information is going to be a bitch. They have a lot more information. <clears throat> They've done a lot more Google searches. There's a lot more out there. Uh, so this will be very interesting to see how the Blazers react. This is the first time they've lost back-to-back games. Uh, they've been phenomenal on the road this year, six and two. I believe that's still the best record in the in entire NBA on the road. In fact, I know it's the best in the West, and only Boston has a better road record. They are seven and two. So basically tied with the Celtics for the best team away from uh, their home base. And they're going to really need to take some of that that road warrior mentality, Sage, as 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 they hit the road because they have four. Four games um, this week, and they're they're going to play four in six days. They're going to start out with Milwaukee on on Monday. Uh, they have 
Cleveland the day before Thanksgiving. They have the Knicks the day after Thanksgiving. And then they have a Sunday showdown <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, let, let's kick it off, uh, Sage. Uh, let's assume that Damian Lillard doesn't play in any of these games because it doesn't go with what we've been told. He's going to be sidelined. At, he's going to be reevaluated in a minimum of a week. So that would take him um, outside of the Brooklyn game. So let's assume no Dame is available. Uh, let's let's dive in right to it. I mean, they're really getting thrown to the fire, I think, against the best team in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they, they're probably still going to be without Chris Middleton and a few others, but they still have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, how do the Blazers slow down uh, the, the Greek freak and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 8-1 uh, inside of Pfizer Forum? I'm just checking to see if Drew played the last time. Basketball reference had him listed as out. Yeah, he was he was late scratched. Uh, Friday. Do they really need Drew to beat this team? Like Giannis is. I would say yes. Let's let's not forget Portland beat Milwaukee last year. In Milwaukee. I think that this is a different Giannis and a different coaching staff surrounding him. Well, like not different, but uh, they've learned stuff because. Budenhauser is now playing Giannis like legitimate minutes in competitive games where he wouldn't. In and the they're past. also resting him as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> when they're so good, they don't need to play him. <laughs> I mean, there might be a chance that he does play against us tomorrow or tomorrow, but I, I don't I, think I've seen him rest him on home games. I've only seen them do it away. But I, I think that our three-point shooters have to really step up this game. And I know that role players don't do as well, but the entire defense around the Milwaukee Bucks is protect the middle and let non-shooters shoot. So if we can, if we can uh, be hot from three, it makes things a lot different. And uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of. Does Jeremy Grant start out with the pleasure of playing against Giannis and then I foul think, trouble? I think you have to. And let's give Jeremy Grant a shout out. I thought he played really good clutch defense on, on Kevin Durant, blocked him once, forced that miss at the end of, of regulation before it was was tipped in. Uh, he is a smart player. I, I don't think you have to worry about him getting into early foul trouble. Uh, guarding an elite player like Giannis. Uh, the, the key clearly is just to not let Giannis kind of go shack on you in the paint, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to invite him to shoot turnarounds and middies and pull up threes. And you just kind of have to hope he's not having an all around dominant night. Like he's going to get his points. He's going to get everything else. But if he, if he has it clicking from anything outside of eight to 10 feet, he's impossible. It's problematic. To defend. Uh, so I, I do think if you're Portland, you kind of want to invite players like Javon Carter and, and Marjon Bochamp, uh, even Bobby Portis. Like you, you want to invite them to to shoot. Um, and Do we put have... Yusuf on Brolo? Yeah, you have to. I mean, Brooke Lopez can take you inside and out. I mean, he's yeah. he's really trans. Uh, he changes game from a post game. guy to a yeah. He, he's really now my modern big who's played really good defense. I mean, this is one of the best defensive teams in period in the league. Um, and they, so they, they put, they put size on ants, right? You can assume that they put size on ant and make, I think Javon Carter probably starts on ant. and he's small. 
He's a he's a Javon's, a, he's small. Javon's pretty damn good. There was like two games where he couldn't miss and would go for like 40 real points. So that was without Giannis. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. You know I had him in DFS that day. Um I think yeah. this game, I think this game's winnable. Uh do I think it happens? No. I have Milwaukee <laughs> winning this one. But this is another one where if Portland wins, I'm not surprised. One, I think there is inevitably a bit of a letdown from the opposition when they see that Dame is not in the lineup. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they have all of the facts. They, they know Dame's not there, so I think Portland could catch them napping. Two, the 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 Bucks did have Drew Holiday against the, the Sixers, but he's coming off the bench. He's not playing a full game. He played 23 minutes uh, against uh, the 76ers. And I think that backcourt Portland can ex- exploit a bit. I think this is a really good Josh Hart game, getting in there, driving, rebounding. And the one thing I always hear when I watch the Buck games is they try to pack the paint. They want you to, to attempt a bunch of threes, and that's where they got they got buried. Everyone remembers that game seven performance where, where Grant Williams just went nuts. Mm. You can get good looks. So is Portland trusting? Are they trusting one another? Because Jeremy Grant it, is Hart, Josh, Josh Hart, Hart trusting himself though. He has I mean to, he, he does he everything. Does, he, he does when one of those guards are out because he knows he has to step up. No, he doesn't. I mean, I don't think he trusts his shot. He trusts that drive for sure. I think Shaden Sharp or, or Nasir is going to be the the linchpin for a potential win, but I would I'm I, I think the Bucks win this one. And then Portland with or without Drew. Portland then goes um and plays the the Cleveland Cavaliers, who went all in on Donovan Mitchell uh, after a bit of a rough patch. They have won two, uh, ten and Jared six. Jared Allen was out, and they turned into the worst defense ever. And uh, they are also <laughs> a dominant home team, uh, six and one for the Cavaliers. This is another winnable game, and I think this is a schedule possible winnable game because anytime Portland had had that Thanksgiving homestand, got family coming in. You got to make arrangements. Oh, your uncle needs tickets. Oh, my couple of cousins need tickets too. Okay. The holiday outside of basketball life is really real and it can trickle into the court and on that performance. So if there's any time to get a, a really good home team, it's right before the holidays or right after the holidays. Uh, so I think Portland has a really good opportunity here. Like they've only been blown out one time. It was the second night of Phoenix after beating the Suns, and you didn't have Dame or Ant, and no one is going to complain about that loss. So for the most part, they play tough, tight games down to the wire. You're you're biting your nails. You're taking some Pepto-Bismol. How do the Blazers match up against the new-look Cleveland Cavaliers, Sage? I mean, goddamn. I feel like the bigs of Cleveland is just such a huge advantage where you have Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, who has been playing, and then Kevin Love as your sixth man. This is where you need Yusuf to play smart and not draw fouls at a really high rate because Drew Biggs did well against Utah, but this Cleveland front court is something something special. So uh, I, I think the X factor really is Yusuf Nurkic not getting into any cheap foul trouble because Jared Allen's all-star caliber, Evan Mobley's like very close to a transcendent big. And then 
you're dealing with a lot of room pressure between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. They've been starting Lamar Stevens at the three. Uh, so then you have Karis LeVert coming off the bench if he plays. Like this is a this is a very very good team uh, at attacking our weaknesses because they have such good depth up front. So I think I, I think this has to be one of those Nurk games where he just dominates. And if he gets some minutes, I feel like he can because who else is going to be a decision maker? Like I think Jeremy Grant and Yusuf have to be big this game. Because they can just throw good bigs at you all day. And I think Anthony could have a, a good game as well. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, well talented, not known for his defense. Neither is Dar- Darius Garland. I, I look, I'm looking at their, their box score from their beatdown of the Miami Heat tonight. The key to beating the Cleveland Cavaliers is letting Donovan play hero basketball. He only took 12 attempts tonight. That That is a recipe for success for the Cavaliers when they have Donovan taking efficient looks and spreading it around. You get Evan Mobley involved, Jared Allen, uh, like you mentioned us, Jetty Osman. I mean, they, they have players, but if one player, like we've seen in Portland, if they get in those modes, they're easier to beat if they're not on fire. Uh, so I think Portland, it'll be interesting to see how, how they defend uh, a Cavalier team, a, a bigger Cavalier team. Could we see some zone in this game, Sage? Or do you think it's just too difficult to rebound out of that zone? That's going to be the issue. I, I felt in that Spurs game, for the first half, Spurs just got so many second uh, chance opportunities because of the zone and its inefficiencies at getting rebounds. If that happens in this Cavaliers game, they just have Jared Allen's just going to reach up and score. So if we go zone, there has to be a body on body for box outs. Like this is where like everybody has to team rebound. There is no random wing trying to start the fast break. Now we got to make sure we get that rebound and secure it. So I, I could see a zone, but we have to like the, the, the bad thing about our zone is that offensive rebounds can happen. This is not a team that I want to, you know, bet on not offensive rebounding the ball. Uh, do you have Portland winning or losing this game? I think the Cavs win. I do too. I think it's going to be really close. Um, but I just think that the talent is going to, I mean, Cleveland's a really good team. They were my preseason pick to make the Eastern conference finals. Uh, they are no joke, but again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland won either of those two games. I think where they can find gold is on the back end of this road trip. They play the New York Knicks. And what's interesting about this game and another game where I think it works in Portland's favor is New York is coming off of a five-game road trip. Two things. One, we always talk about the first game back home is essentially a de facto road game for, for that home opponent. And two, they have a four-day break, including Thanksgiving, where they're not playing basketball. So that they play in Phoenix. They played in Phoenix tonight. Uh, losing by 21. They go to Oklahoma City tomorrow, and then they have a huge break until Black Friday where they're playing the Blazers. Um, I think this sets up really nicely for Portland uh, to take advantage uh, of a team who could have a little bit of the the turkey sleeps going in, right, Sage? I mean, I I get that, and I totally get what you're thinking. They're also going to get healthier because Mitchell Robinson's been out for a while. So now there's a starting center that like they're, they're getting 
Sure. Uh, Mitchell Robinson doesn't do it for me one way or the other. To, if I'm being completely well, going honest. from our Isaiah Hartenstein to Mitchell Robinson is a kind of I don't a know. big Hartenstein uh, kind of gave us a little bit of biz earlier. He 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 scores well. He doesn't doesn't defend well. No. Um, but the Blazers I mean, don't like it, uh, 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 taking advantage of bad nah, defending. Nah. Picks, that, so I mean, that's been a thing since Terry Stotts, though. <laughs> yes, so, so you shouldn't blame Chauncey Billis for doing the same exact thing as predecessor did. Um, yeah, they both get the blame. So obviously, oh yeah, the Knicks made some. Uh, Evan Fournier doesn't play anymore. Nope. So isn't. Cam Reddish is the now starting shooting guard or small forward or whatever the hell. He's had two good games and then three bad ones as a starter, I believe. Uh, so Mitchell saw... Robinson is back though. He played 17 minutes tonight. Yeah, they still got thumped. I mean, they're not a good team. I'm just they're thinking not. about that. the no. Knicks are trash. No. Uh, the Blazers have to win this game. It's MSG. It's it's the holidays. Do you yeah, think who, Ant has a special moment? Yeah, who's gonna Quentin Grimes, Jalen Brunson? I mean, are you gonna bring Julie Bree? So the Blazers win this game if they attack poor defenders. Bring Julius Randall out there, toy with him, let him get into foul trouble. I, I think I think this is a big Jeremy Grant game. Um, I think they need to get him really going because he can attack this front court with, with ease. I think Obi Toppin and Julius Randle isn't scaring you. <laughs> I, I, I worry about Obi Toppin's energy because he has been a really positive player for them this, this season. Um, I, I just think you have to make sure that, that Jalen Brunson's not getting anything that, that, that he wants. You have to throw in RJ Barrett could be an issue. Yeah, you have to throw different looks at them. I think this is a team you might try and zone. RJ Barrett has been ungodly terrible this year from shooting. He's not this bad. So eventually the shots are going to go in. So like I he he's he's shooting Josh Hart levels of bad right now. Eventually it's going to go in so it could positively regress against us. So but I I I you know who the three guys are that scare you on this roster. It's Brunson, RJ Barrett, and Julius Randle. If Julius Randle, I feel like his physicality could be an issue. I know Jeremy Grant's a smart defender, but when you got someone built like Julius Randle coming at you, it's it's it's, it's a different experience. But I think the Blazers do indeed win this one. Um, but I, I, you gotta you gotta defend the mid three. All right, and then Portland wraps up the road trip with a familiar foe against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, this time probably facing uh, Kyrie Irving, who made his return uh, from suspension. That's probably good news for the Blazers. Uh, it's still going to take a while to integrate Kyrie into that entire uh, system once again. Uh, the bad news is I, I think they were the get-right game for, for Ben Simmons, who showed yeah, what caliber player he is. Doesn't have to take a damn shot, but can impact the game every other way. Uh, the biggest thing is, is, does the coaching staff learn from their mistakes? Uh, I, I can't think of how many threes Yuta got wide open, uh, and we just continued to leave him open in the corner. Uh, you, you can't zone this team. You can't let no. Joe Harris go absolutely nuclear and then not pick him up. Kevin Durant's going to get Kevin Durant. Like I, I don't think you need to throw extra defenders at him. If he has a God mode game, you're going to lose regardless. So you have to, that's just, just 
how it goes. Don't don't give up shots to Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, and all the rest of those. Can't let those players beat you. Um, I thought Portland overall, besides those corner threes, especially to Utah, um, play pretty good defense on Brooklyn. Like I said, anytime you give up less than 110 points to Brooklyn, you you expect to win, given how bad they are on the the defensive end of the floor. If 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 we're assuming games is not playing, I think they are going to share the sugar a little bit more. Uh, I, I think they are going to trust one another. And I would say the same thing if it was just Dame playing instead of Anthony. Um, it's just, I think they match up better when they have size. And I think we're going to see more shade and sharp. What, what I loved that they started to implement, and I don't know why they went away from it, because if they want to bring Ben Simmons out there to guard Anthony, they were putting Seth Curry on shade and sharp. That's post-ups all day. And they ran a beautiful back pick for him for a lob. That's there 10 times out of 10. They ran so many just curls for him on, on the on the wing to get open looks from three. Sage, I don't know about you, but simple physics say that Shaden Sharp has three to four inches on Seth Curry and probably three times that when it comes to the vertical. That adds up to an unblockable jump shot. So I'll take my chances with the the rookie leader from downtown so this is a win to me if, if chauncey billups learns from his mistakes uh do you think that chauncey billups learns from his mistakes from you know minute one to right now the mistakes are kind of highlighted do you think he actually learns from those mistakes or do you think it's a it's a going to be the same exact thing that happens well, I think with Dame being out, you almost have to. Like now, he's forced to play Shaden more. It, right? It's gonna be more. It's gonna be more passy for sure. Like you take out. It, I, if it was me, I would go faster, and I would instill like the fucking, you know, three passes before a shot type of thing because you know you, Brooklyn's one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So if you rotate the ball. Shit's going to break down if, unless Ben Simmons happens to be everywhere in this game. So, yeah, I, I think that th- they have to do it, but I think it'll still be kicking and screaming all the way there. Yeah, I have, I have Portland winning this one. I think it's kind of like Miami where you lose the one at home, but then you go take one on their home court. I think we lose. Okay. I, I think Kyrie coming back negatively impacts the, the Brooklyn Nets. I think he's an, he's an ineffective uh, volume score who could get hot. Uh, it, we could be talking about Kyrie having a 40 point night, but he could also go three for 17 and shoot them right out of the game. Like anytime, you know, Kevin Durant isn't shooting. And as long as the, the player somewhat contested, that, that should be a, a win for Portland. Uh, I want to see them get Yusuf involved this week. That That's more Yusuf, more Shaden, more Josh, more Jeremy, like those they're good players. Let, let them, let I them mean, shine. couldn't you, in, he obviously can match up with Nick Claxton, but are you really worried about Yusuf on uh, on Ben Simmons? No. no, he got Ben Simmons into early foul trouble. So, like Ben Simmons, if, if Ben Simmons turns into a jump shooter, right? like awesome, fucking awesome. And if if you Yusuf should probably play thirty minutes a game this week. Dame's gone. You need somebody in the half court to make decisions. And sometimes his decisions are bad, but a lot of times they're pretty good. So I, I feel like Yusuf needs to play, but 
I don't know. Like I, I think Chauncey Billups just takes him out after he takes what makes one one mistake. And FYI, good players make mistakes a lot. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's I, I we just don't support Yusuf the way we support every other player in terms of like Yusuf gets back cut and and screened, and then. Nobody helps. But if if Josh Hart got screened, we do a switch pretty easily, and then Yusuf gets taken advantage of because he's too slow to guard Devin Booker. So it's like we don't even try and support him defensively, and then people think that he sucks defensively. We put him in bad situations offensively, and people think he sucks offensively. It's it's not fair to him. But uh yeah, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, uh Himalaya podcast everywhere that you get your podcast we are there and uh happy thanksgiving to everybody this will be the uh we'll be back on the uh sunday or the monday after thanksgiving so hope everybody has a great healthy and safe holiday and we're out here eat lots of pie wherever you may be this is bill shinley good night Everybody, let's go!